<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the final Tech Meme Ride Home of the Year for Monday, December 30th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, a major Internet of Things data leak. China is about to turn on its GPS competitor. Would you like to star in a Bitmoji TV show? A look back at the year in unicorns. And is the VC gravy train over for us consumers? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Internet of Things device vendor Wise says that a server leak has exposed user data, including email addresses, camera user IDs, and Wi-Fi SSIDs for around 2.4 million customers. The leak took place from December 4th through December 26th this past month. Wise sells smart devices like security cameras, smart plugs, smart light bulbs, door locks, and even smart scales. But this is odd. The leak was confirmed in a forum post by Wise co-founder Dongsheng Song. The leaky server was discovered by cybersecurity firm 12 Security and independently verified by reporters from the blog IPVM. Founder Song complained that the researchers and the blog only informed Wise that they had found the leak 14 minutes before going public with the findings. And quoting ZDNet, Song confirmed that the leaky server exposed details such as the email addresses customers use to create WISE accounts, nicknames users assigned to their WISE security cameras, Wi-Fi network SSID identifiers, and for 24,000 users, Alexa tokens to connect WISE devices to Alexa devices. The WISE exec denied that WISE API tokens were exposed via the server. In a blog post, 12 Security claimed they found API tokens that they say would have allowed hackers to access WISE accounts from any iOS or Android device. Second, Song also denied 12 Security's claims they were sending user data back to an Alibaba cloud server in China. And third, Song also clarified 12 Security claims that WISE was collecting health information. The WISE exec said they only collected health data from 140 users who were beta testing a new smart scale product. Song didn't deny WISE collected weight, height, and gender information. He did, however, deny others. Quote, we have never collected bone density and daily protein intake, the WISE exec said. We wish our scale was that cool, end quote. On the space technology front... One of the big things to look out for next year is the new competitor to the global positioning system coming from China. China is bringing Baidao online, its GPS competitor. And China says that the system will be fully complete in June and will allow for a whole new level of accuracy, centimeters level accuracy by the end of 2020. Quoting the Nikkei Asian Review, the final two satellites will be launched by June, completing the 35-satellite network. Rang Chengqi, spokesperson for the Baidu Navigation Satellite System, told reporters in Beijing, the number of satellites in operation will trump the roughly 30 used by the U.S.-owned global positioning system. 
From modern farming to smart ports to a text messaging service, China is trying to build an ecosystem independent of the GPS and open it to Southeast Asia, South Asia, Africa, and Eastern Europe. This effort pushes decoupling between Washington and Beijing, which are poised to enter year three of a trade war to the final frontier of space. Over 70% of Chinese smartphones are equipped to tap into Beidou's positioning services, Rand said. The system also plays a role in fifth-generation wireless communications, an area where China's Huawei Technologies is in the vanguard of technological development, end quote. Beidou is named after the Chinese term for the Big Dipper, by the way, and that integration with 5G is a key component of this whole story that I wasn't aware of. Beidou will support communication through its satellite network as well, which, combined with 5G networks, could be vital for the sooner rather than later rollout of self-driving vehicles, for example, including the self-driving buses that will apparently go into operation next year in the Chinese city of Wuhan. Spotify is suspending all political ads on its platform in early 2020, citing the lack of tools that it has in place to review and vet those ads. But of course, before you give Spotify kudos for doing the right thing, which they still might deserve, it is worth noting that, according to sources political ads are not a significant source of revenue for Spotify. Quoting AdAge, Spotify said in a statement that it will pause political advertising in early 2020 across its ad-supported tier, which boasts 141 million users, as well as the streaming giant's original and exclusive podcasts, some of which include the Joe Budin podcast and Amy Schumer Presents. The move only applies to the U.S. as Spotify doesn't run political ads in other countries. Quote, at this point in time, we do not yet have the necessary level of robustness in our process, systems, and tools to responsibly validate and review this content, the company said in a statement to AdAge. We will reassess this decision as we continue to evolve our capabilities, end quote. Presidential hopefuls such as Bernie Sanders and organizations such as the Republican National Committee have both advertised on Spotify. Though the company declined to share how much revenue it generates from political ads, a person familiar with its advertising business said it's not a significant revenue generator for the company, especially when compared to Spotify's largest moneymakers, such as entertainment ads for movies or shows, end quote. Are you ready for your close-up? Are you ready for Bitmoji TV? Because Snapchat is ready to give you a personalized cartoon show starring you and your friends, or at least your Bitmoji and your friends' Bitmojis. Quoting TechCrunch, Starting in February with a global release, your customizable Bitmoji avatar will become the star of a full-motion cartoon series called Bitmoji TV. It's a massive evolution for Bitmoji beyond the chat stickers and comic strip-style stories where they were being squandered to date. Creating Original in-house shows for its Discover section that can't be copied could help Snapchat differentiate from the plethora of short-form video platforms out there, ranging from YouTube to Facebook Watch to TikTok. Bitmoji TV could also up the quality of Discover, which still feels like a tabloid magazine rack full of scantily clad women, gross-out imagery, and other shocking content merely meant to catch the eye and draw a click. With Bitmoji TV, your avatar and those of your friends will appear in regularly scheduled adventures, ranging from playing the crew of 
Star Trek spaceships to being secret agents to falling in love with robots or becoming zombies. The trailer Snapchat release previews an animation style reminiscent of Netflix's Big Mouth. TechCrunch asked Snap for more details, including how long episodes will be, how often they'll be released, and whether they'll include ads, and if the company acquired anyone or brought on famous talent to produce the series. A Snap spokesperson declined to provide more details, but sent over this statement. Bitmoji TV isn't available in your network yet, but stay tuned for the global premiere soon, end quote. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com TechMeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash tech meme zocdoc dot com slash tech meme over the weekend i collected a whole bunch of year-end startup stats to share starting with some definitive data about unicorns according to crunchbase news 142 startups achieved unicorn status in 2019 that was down from 158 in 2018 but that's obviously not that much of a dip in terms of total unicorns. The real dip shows up in terms of money raised by the unicorns. Those 142 startups raised $85.1 billion in 2019, which is down from the $139 billion 
raised in 2018, and down even from the $93.8 billion raised in 2017. Of those 142 unicorns, 78 came from the U.S. and 22 from China. But again, there's a dip in China as the total number of Chinese unicorns is down substantially from the 58 that reached that distinction in 2018. Let's go further afield. According to Globes Online, nine Israeli startups became unicorns in 2019, bringing the total number of unicorns in that country to 20. Quoting Globes Online, Impressively, Israel's 20 unicorns are more unicorns than France, Germany, and Australia have together. Only the U.S., China, and U.K. have more unicorns than Israel. Among Israel's unicorns are taxi-hailing company Get, cybersecurity company CyberReason, and team management system developer Monday. The pace of startups growing into unicorns is only heating up. In 2018, five Israeli startups completed financing rounds of $100 million or more, including DevOps platform JFrog. In 2019, 16 more startups have joined that club, including fraud protection company Riskified, 3D imaging sensor company Veyar Imaging, retail imaging company Fabric, and InsureTech company Lemonade, end quote. And Business Standard is reporting that Indian startups raised a record $14.5 billion in 2019, which was up from $10.5 billion in 2018, and way up from only $550 million in 2010. So Indian startups have seen 25x growth in startup funding in the subcontinent over the course of the decade. Quote, there are 24 unicorns or startups valued at more than $1 billion each and 155 sunicorns or firms which hold the potential to become unicorns in the near future in the country. Out of these, nine unicorns and 60 sunicorns were formed this year, according to Traxon. The latest entrants into the Unicorn Club include Bengaluru-based online grocery retailer Big Basket, Google-based logistics startup Delivery, and Delhi-based eyewear firm Lenscart, whose valuation recently crossed $1.5 billion with the SoftBank deal, end quote. Indeed, the article does go on to note how very many of these funding rounds were led by SoftBank or the Vision Fund, including mega rounds for Oyo Rooms, Delivery and Ola Electric. Finally today, I'm skeptical of things changing absolutely wholesale, but then again, things are always changing in tech all the time, so you never know. But over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal had a piece up looking at how one of the key pages in the startup playbook from the past decade or so might be falling out of favor. Essentially, the gravy train of gobs and gobs of VC money essentially subsidizing the cost of stuff in order to achieve scale might be coming to an end, meaning a lot of that stuff that we've all been buying and signing up for might not be so cheap for much longer, quoting the piece. The proliferation of subsidized products and services from venture capital-backed startups over the past decade reflected a rush by investors to fund the next behemoth consumer tech company. The thesis? Create a market leader with loyal customers hooked by attractive deals delivered at the touch of a smartphone app. Once the company got big enough, profits would flow and the subsidies could end. Startup investors are re-evaluating that approach. Following a year of dismal performances from companies that were heavily subsidized by venture capital, investors and board members are pressuring companies to figure out a more profitable business model 
tech dealmakers and startup founders say. Investors want startups to become less dependent on raised capital to cover the cost of consumer discounts, such as e-commerce startups Brandless, selling home and beauty products for a fraction of the cost of shipping, ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft, discounting the cost of their rides, and meal delivery service Postmates, offering coupons for $100 off delivery fees. Quote, the subsidy bubble for raising new money is over said Wesley Chan, managing director of Felicis Ventures. What you are seeing is a realization that subsidies often lead to disaster for startups that rely on them, end quote. Meal delivery service DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, and We, the parent of the office renting company WeWork, this year will lose well over $13 billion combined. All became top industry players after raising billions of dollars from investors who subsidized the company's costs, but none is profitable, quote, you can manufacture growth and you can't manufacture product, said Ryan Culp, who formerly worked in venture capital and now runs a marketing startup, FOMO, end quote. Now, the piece does not actually go into much detail in terms of stats, proving that the music has indeed stopped playing for this sort of business model. And also, I would point out that we've been here before. See the dot-com bubble, Pets.com losing money on every bag of dog food it shipped, etc., Things like this, strategies like this tend to come back. They're cyclical. But the piece did elicit this tweet from Bill Gurley. Quote, extremely well-written article on the shifting winds in tech. Important to realize that until subsidization stops, you have no idea if growth is real. The old adage is true. The startup that sells $1 for 85 cents will have record-setting growth. Healthy, difficult transition, end quote. Indeed. Something, something, subscription models, annual recurring revenue being the new hotness. Maybe one of the lasting legacies of the 2010s in tech will be the fact that this was the decade that consumers were finally convinced to start paying up for digital services, for web services, for online goods, for offline goods and services at a fair value. As a startup, you no longer have to do this sort of weird jujitsu to try to trick people into buying your stuff by subsidizing it, offering it for less than it's worth, and hoping to make it all up in volume, or else find revenue through some orthogonal means like ads or surveillance capitalism or strip mining data. Nowadays, if your stuff is good enough, people will buy. That's a really important change for startups to absorb. It will lead to better companies with better aligned incentives and values. It will lead to leaner, healthier startups. And frankly, I'd rather live in a world where cash flow is king and we can stop using that stupid word scale. That is all for today. And again, that's all for this year. The next episode will be coming at you on Thursday. Real quick before then, I've got that thing that happens every now and then where it's in between calendar quarters, and so I have a handful of ad slots open next week. So if you or your company want to jump on them, as always, I'll be making them available for basically half off the going rate for listeners. If you want to sponsor the show next week as I report from CES in Las Vegas, get in touch at podcast at techmeme.com. As always, first come, first serve. Otherwise, I will talk to you in 2020.